9 a.m. Wednesday morning. This is officially March, a great month. It means baseball will be back later on in the month. March Madness is here. A lot to look forward to, but for the here and now, we are live with you on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. As always, I'm Jack Heim, alongside my wonderful and delightful co-host, the one and only Mr. Mitchell Smedley. What's going on, Jack? How we doing? We're doing good. I'm we so are, tired. Yeah, you might be tired. And, you know, the Monday show, it was it was filled with gaffes. us both being tired, some gaffes, and uh, a lot of filler stuff. But today it's going to be different. I'm more awake. I'm going to be able to run this show as it should be. And that is being a good product to put out to all of you fine listeners out there. Hope you are all doing well. Nah, they don't want anything. <laughs> And this midweek morning, spring training rolls on. We got to talk about conference tournaments. They have started, at least some of the mid-majors have. Uh, a lot of the Power 6 conferences will be starting next week. That'll be predominantly in hour number two. Uh, there's always a little bit of NFL tidbits to talk about. Draft coming up in, what, a month or so? Yeah, just so, about. Draft combine coming up as well. Uh, so some things to talk about there. Uh, maybe some XFL stuff, depending on how much there is to talk about that. Week three is coming up, I know. Uh, Mitch, you weren't a... Big fan of AJ McCarron getting emotional after the Battlehawks win no. last week. No. It was what are we doing? What no are we emotion? doing? What are we doing? What I, are you, human or something? I am a man. <laughs> All right. Well, let's Wait, get rid of his it. name. What was his name? The quarterback? Yeah. AJ McCarron. McCarron Man! <laughs> that, that, that felt forced. I know. It was. All right. Michael Man. We are going to get into it. Ah. Uh, some NFL stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about Tennessee and their season ending last year. Fell short of the playoffs. They I think they ended the year on a seven-game losing streak. Something along those lines. Wow. It was bad. They was were, it that bad? They were, I think, 7-3 and three at one point and finished 7-10. and 10. After beating Alabama. No, 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 no. NFL. You said Tennessee. Oh, the, t- <laughs> the, the Titans. I forgot there was an NFL team in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch ain't a morning person. No, I'm not. All right, that wasn't as bad as corporate birds. Though. No, no, they're both Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. At least you got the right, the right state. The right state. Yeah, I was way off with Burns. I, I was so close to saying city. You Davish. don't. You don't know. Ooh, that would have been bad. That would have been awful. But uh, we used to talk about the Everything Titans. Everything is awful. Yes, yes. That that is one of the more funny videos that I've seen recently. But how about the Titans? Yeah, I mean. You know, their GM comes out saying excited about moving forward with Ryan Tannehill after there was some speculation they might be moving on. Um, that's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't know. The quarterback market's going to be kind of weird this year. What I mean, we know the teams at the top of the draft class are going to be searching for quarterbacks. The you know, Colts, you have the Texans, you have the Raiders. The Raiders. The, Raiders. Um, the Panthers. Panthers, yes. Thank you. I was thinking about that. I was like, I know there's one more team. I know there's one more team. Got and you, I buddy. Couldn't find it. But it's Carolina. Thank you. Thank you. You are welcome. Uh, Bears looking like they're going to trade back. We talked about a little bit on Monday. Uh, for Tennessee, I think they're going to roll with Tannehill. I'm not sure. That's the right comedy. He's an aging veteran quarterback. He's not great. I mean, what, what what great trait does Ryan Tannehill bring to the table? Leader of men, Jack. <laughs> I guess. No, he's not. I guess. He's not a very good quarterback. I mean, he's just he's okay. He's the definition of average. He's like the most average thing I've exactly. ever Exactly. You, you pinpoint an average quarterback in the NFL, I think, I think of Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if Tennessee's going to be able to get over the hump. I mean, Malik Willis did not look great in his rookie year. Um, And, I mean, look, there's time for him to develop, but 
I would not consider Tennessee a threat, personally. No, and I think this is going to be Jacksonville's division for years to come. Yeah. I mean, they proved that last year. I mean, Trevor Lawrence took massive strides forward. Doug Peterson did a great coaching job there to even turn that team around. They were 2-7 and seven or something like that. Doug. And they, and they go on to make the playoffs. Yeah, Doug. And they win a playoff game. And they played the Chiefs pretty close. They did. I mean, the Chiefs felt like they were in control that whole game, but Jacksonville hung around. And that's honestly what I was kind of looking for. Because you have a perennial AFC power versus a new dog, you know, a new team, you know, in the race. And, you know, I don't think this is like the 2017 year for the Jags where, you know, they were loaded and they got it done on that run. They got the championship, conference championship game, fell short to New England by, I believe, a field goal. After 20. being up 10. Yeah. That was, you could talk about the Miles Jack thing in that game and that changed everything. Of course, New England getting the benefit of the doubt with Brady there. Surprise, surprise. Uh, but it did happen. And that led the Eagles to a Super Bowl win because who knows what could happen? It would have been a completely different game. It would have been the Jags, an even Eagles. bigger win for the Eagles. I think the Eagles still would have won, but you never know by a lot more because that would have been the best defense in the league that you guys would have faced. New England's defense was pretty good. It was, but so was Jacksonville's. Yeah, they were called Saxonville for a reason. Saxonville. Oh, that was <laughs> I forgot about Saxonville. Leonard Fournette. Yeah, Leonard. Um, the goat Blake Bortles. Blake, I was going to say, who is the quarterback? Are you Blake kidding me? Bortles. He's the goat, baby. That's what he is. Blake versus Nick in the Super Bowl. That would have been. Oh my goodness! Probably one of the most obscure quarterback matchups in the Super Bowl of all time. If that would have happened, but it did. Nick Foles is not obscure in these parts, sir. No, he's a Philadelphia legend, but legend. overall his career is pretty subpar. Really? Subpar. Twenty-seven to two interceptions. Okay, so he had a couple seven good years. touchdown passes. He, in he had one a game. couple good years, but overall he's been a career backup you can't tell me he hasn't i know he has uh like outside of philly he was terrible everywhere else i mean he was awful with the chiefs uh i believe the bears didn't go well either colts so would you say uh i think was he with the rams too he was with the st louis Rams. yes that's what i thought thank you so would you say uh nick Foles is a philly thing yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that's that, perfect. Great job, Mitch. <laughs> Thank you. Nick Foles is absolutely a Philly thing. It's a Philly because thing, he was Jeff. terrible everywhere else. It's a Philly. Nick thing. Foles solely a Philly thing. Nick Foles is the Wawa of the NFL. <laughs> I guess you could say that. Wawa is so good though. I like Wawa. Gotta have a. Well, I don't know if I can. Yeah, I, I, I would refrain. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Here at KR, we are not affiliated with Wawa in any way, shape, or form. Not even close. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, let me read this notebook real quick, then we'll get back into our brief NFL discussion. Attention, KU community. Come dance with us at the Discotheque in Rickenbox TV Studio LC4 on Saturday, March 4th from 7.30 to 11 p.m. This immersive light show and dance party experience will feature Philly's premier dance music DJs bringing their dance floor shaking grooves to our campus. Bring some friends to party or tune in to the live stream at samplememory.com slash live. We hope to see you there. Once again, you can tune in live on the live stream at samplememory.com slash live. This message of community interest is brought to you by the Radio Voice of Cincinnati University. K, you are back here bright and early on this Wednesday morning talking all things sports. you got NFL right now. We're going to talk about MLB in a little bit with spring training. Progressing, getting closer and closer to the season, 29 days till opening day if you have your countdown tracker going on, as Mitch and myself do. Uh, and then hour number two will... Be predominantly about uh, the upcoming March Madness tournament, conference tournaments rolling on. Final week of the regular season for a lot of the major conference teams. Uh, and that'll be, you know, we'll talk about all that stuff coming up in hour number two. But for here and now, it's NFL talk. We were talking about Tennessee, talking about the Jacks, talking pretty much everything. Nick Foles, how he's a Philly thing. Uh, some 
Key free agents still on sign, including two from my team, the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones. Still trying Saquon to iron out Barkley. Still trying to iron out some contracts. Uh Bears have been rumored of Saquon. How would you feel if he went to uh to Chi Town? I would love that. I mean, obviously you would because he's out of the division, but yeah. do you think that's a real possibility? Um hmm. I saw this a couple weeks ago. He was the projected uh, I think the Bears are the odds on favorites if if he got like fully into free agency and it would be a big deal with the Giants. Big contract. I don't. I just don't think. Oh, How many years would you say? It's probably a four to five year deal. I'd, right? Yeah, I think three to four is a good deal. I just because yeah, it's risky paying those running backs long term. Oh, it's totally risky because I, I just don't think the a, a, a flashy running back is where the Bears should be putting their money. No, they I have mean, so many other problems. Yeah, I mean they have so much to upgrade. Running back is that uh, it's a luxury position in the NFL. Exactly. When you accomplish everything the 49ers accomplished with your roster this year, then you can go out and trade for McCaffrey. That's, exactly. That's what opens that door. And he'll be back with them, right? Uh, yeah, he's yeah, one more year. Yeah, one more year. Um, one more year. One more year. <laughs> okay. Um, but, I mean, I, I would I would be surprised if the Bears went that direction. Um, you know, I, running back, as much as I hate it, is an under appreciated position in the NFL. It's not something that is particularly essential to game planning. I mean, the Eagles made a Super Bowl with a terrible Miles Sanders, Kenny G, and Boston Scott. Oh my! Who is Boston Scott? Um, I love that call. I don't like that name. Why? Because! <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But, um... So you don't need a flashy running back to have a good roster. I would be surprised if the Bears, in the midst of a rebuild, would go that direction. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would be surprised, too. I, I think it's not—it should not be their number one priority, is is all I'm saying. Would Same it be to a the good Giants get? when they drafted him two overall. Would be would it be a good get? I mean, yes, but I think, I think that they have a lot of other things to address first. If he has a terrible offensive line to run behind, what good is a running back going to do? Exactly. And, I mean, simultaneously— you know, this is just a little thing, but the Bears already have almost a, a running back in Justin Fields that's very good that would be taking away carries from this very expensive piece you're adding. Yeah. I don't think the Bears need a star running back to be successful as an offense. The Bears could be very successful with Miles Sanders. And they already have a good running back. David they is not bad. He's, not, he's a very good running back. Yeah. I think the Bears should go more if they want really to add a running back. Sanders would be a better choice. I, I think Montgomery's... Just as good. Right, no, I'm saying on the market. I'm saying yeah. if they want to no, lock someone they, up for a few years. I think they should just keep Montgomery, though. That's I would team. agree. I would take Montgomery over Sanders any day. But if he's yeah. leaving is what I'm saying. If Montgomery isn't the option. Um, but uh, who else is on the market? We've got Josh Jacobs. Uh, who else is out there this year? Uh, I think those are kind of the premier guys. Those are the big three. So, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, and only generational talents can make it work by bad offensive lines. Like, I mean, Barry Sanders, of course, yes. the Lions' offensive lines yep. with him were terrible. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say he's an all-time great, but, I mean, Derrick Henry hasn't always had the best offensive lines in Tennessee, and he's just made things happen. Derrick Henry out. is his own offensive line. Yeah, he's a human bulldozer. I mean, he just <laughs> runs people over, runs through people, I should say. Which one of you is getting bulldozed today? <laughs> Yeah. Remember that? Yes. That's Derrick Henry when he steps onto a football field. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to find something that will pique your interest. Pique my interest? Yeah. What do you mean by that? Uh, Revolves around one of your teams. One of them. So. Gotcha. Well, while Jack looks for that, 
Uh, I will personally say that uh, I would be fine either way if the Eagles brought back Sanders or if they didn't. Um, do I feel comfortable having my top two running backs be Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott? No. But uh, I think it's serviceable. I think uh, Miles Sanders doesn't really provide much that you wouldn't have with those two guys. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. I was a big Miles Sanders fan. Jack knows this for, for years now. Uh, have his jersey and everything. But Miles Sanders fumbled his opportunity with the Eagles, I think. Quite literally. Fumbled it away. Fumbled and fumbled and fumbled and fumbled. And yeah. fumbled. So. What are you looking for? Found it. There we go. Yeah. Just trying to find the exact tweet. Well, pertaining to your team, uh, Jonathan Gannon was asked what went wrong in the second half of the he Super Bowl, obviously. And then, it's not that. It's oh. a reply. Uh, C.J. Garner-Johnson, who's not a, not shy from making his name heard in the public eye. Becoming a bigger be saying words piece of my heart. Or right becoming here. part of a fight. Uh, replied to the tweet and said, You ain't put us in position to make plays with the shrugging shoulders emoji. Can't say he's wrong, though. Nope. Can't say he's wrong. We've been yelling about it for years. When you play eight yards away from the line of scrimmage, it's hard to get an interception. How can this go wrong? How can how can playing eight yards off the receivers go wrong, right? It's like me before New York. <laughs> what could go wrong? Oh, my God. That was a bad timing question. We're lost! Yeah. <laughs> That's all another story in and of itself. We, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. But, uh, oh, man. That was fun. Uh, also, forgot to mention, we do got to talk a lot of NHL today because a lot of trades have happened over the past 24 hours that we got to go through. Did the uh, uh, the Rangers, Blackhawks, Patrick Kane go through yet? It did. Nice. It went through. Nice. We'll talk all that stuff here, hour number one, too. Okay. Uh, so, you know, they we were, the cap. We were uh, hooting and hollering about <laughs> stuff to talk about. We do. We have a good amount of stuff to talk about. That'll probably leak over in the early parts of hour number two as well. So, uh, don't go anywhere. We got plenty more to talk about. But for now, we're going to keep it NFL a little bit. Oh no, that's not good. What? I just saw that, and Steeler fans, oof, that's not good. What is it? Steelers GM wants to keep Mitchell Trubisky in quotes for a long time. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Nah, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna stay right here. I think I'm though. gonna stay right here. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Why? Why? Why would the Steelers do that? That's a horrible. That's a horrible idea. That's one of the worst ideas uh, I've ever heard. Other tidbits: Bucks releasing running back Leonard Fournette. Mm. Add so, him to the market. Playoff Lenny going to the free agent market. Let's see if anyone is interested in scooping him up and gaining his uh, his skill set. More power back, I'd say. Uh, but man, I remember watching Leonard Fournette at LSU in college. Man, he was so electric there. Whew. That he was man, he was something else. Just bowling people people over, getting out of the open field. He could just run away from you too, man. LSU Leonard Fournette. Go back and watch the highlight tape. That is some entertaining football right there. It is. I have. I have watched the, uh, yeah, it's the highlights. Just, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. It, it really is uh, phenomenal, man. And he's been pretty good in the NFL too. I mean, he was stellar in Jacksonville early on and made his way around, won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. Uh, the year they beat the Chiefs in thrashing fashion. So he's accomplished a good amount. Uh, let's see if he, he sticks somewhere. You're now in, in the free agency poll. Um, let's see. Anything else? Anything else? Anything else? Derek Carr meeting with a couple teams. I think the Saints, Panthers, Jets all heavily involved. I would say more so the Jets heavily involved than the other two, but they have the other two teams are 
have met with or planning to meet with Derek Carr, so that's interesting. The Jets had like a apparently very good meeting with yeah. him, apparently. So they loved him and and envisioned Derek Carr being the future in New York for years to come. Adding so. one more car to the streets of New York. Yeah. <laughs> Just what that city needs. Yeah. Slash state. Considering they play in New Jersey, but I digress. Gross. Uh Eagles uh hire Sean Desai to replace Jonathan Gannon in the DC role. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. I'm assuming you I did. did. I did. How do you feel about that? I don't know too much about him. He was with the Bears. Yeah, it's not a good resume builder. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know the joke there. I don't know why I did. There that. was no joke there. That I don't was know. just a. Uh, I kind of just felt like doing true that. statement. Yeah, Jack just randomly. <laughs> <laughs> heavy um, hitters. Heavy Unpredictable. Hitters. I feel like uh, I'm not gonna. No, nah, that was kind of offensive. Yeah, let's keep that <laughs> in the inside then. So. Another one we have. Where does James Winston go? I oh, forgot about him. I don't no. know how. My beloved James Home Winston. To the couch? No, he doesn't deserve that. <laughs> he was wronged by the Saints. He got hurt and was never given another chance over Andy Dalton, the red rifle. Got With that his, uh, beard, beard tucked, tucked into that chin strap, strap <laughs> as Joe Buck said. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add real quick? Jameis Winston. He is like the... No, I'm not gonna, I was going to feel way forced. Oh, uh, man. But, uh, no, nah, that's all I got for NFL. The Eagles have two more awful coordinators, it looks like, and my pain is just going to be eternal. I'm not going to rush to conclusions on that market. i got to see what they're going to do first. Yeah, I've, so. I have no idea what they're going to do. i got to see some. I, I can't make comments on people that I don't know having experience, that have no experience in that role before. Yeah. I need to wait and see to see what they do before I can make a conclusion. I, so, if I see eight yards off the line of scrimmage, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm gonna just going to flip out. I'm, I'm having free. a stroke. Yeah, it's like, okay. <laughs> I'm having a stroke. I don't know about that one. And another first down. I'm having a stroke. All right. That first to go. We're going to let that take stroke. us into our first break of today's show. When we come back, we'll talk about a couple NFL tidbits. We're moving on. Uh, to some MLB spring training notes and our ever-building excitement for the upcoming season, just 29 days away from opening day. All that and more coming right next on the flip side of this break here on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Well, I hope all of you are having fun while listening to our show like our good buddy Josh was. Uh, man. Thought I was bringing us back. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Full start. <laughs> Offense. Number 71. I don't know. I felt like I had that tagline lined up. I'm sorry. I felt like I kind of just... I, 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 yeah. stole, I stole your thunder there. Yeah. But you'll get it on the next time around. There's a break it's in about good. 17 There's always minutes. next time. There's, oh, yeah. There's, there's always a next time. That next time will be in about 17-ish minutes. This is my year, so. Jack. So. This is my year. Okay, Dave Roberts in 2020 <laughs> after the Dodgers came back down 3-1 in the LCS to beat the Braves. <laughs> Post-game interview. This is our year! And they went on to beat the Rays. So, I mean, it should have been their year. Right? Wait, 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 wait. Who? What? Who said it? Dodgers manager Dave Roberts after in right. the 2020 LCS at uh, Globe Life Park down in Texas. Right. Uh, during the 60 game season, they uh, overcame a three one deficit in the LCS to beat the Braves. Oh. And okay. After they won Game Seven, in the post game interview, Dave Roberts goes, "This is our year," just like that. <laughs> this is our year. <laughs> and they go on to win. Childish excitement. So luckily, luckily that didn't backfire. I was more so him. thinking of pathetic uh, Cowboys and Mets fans. Okay. You really had to bunch the Mets into that? Of course you did. Yes. Surprise, surprise. You right? guys say it every year. Yeah, well, we don't say it, like, seriously almost every year. I mean, there's some years where we say it seriously, but... Is this a seriously year? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Because it could happen. Mark it. Mark because it tape. could actually happen. What could? 85 wins missing the playoffs? <sighs> I'll shake your hand right now that we get over 95. Mm. Over no- I'll take that bet. At least. And you know, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll go 93. 90, How about that? Ooh. 94. 93. Oh, he's so unconfident over one win. I'll go 94. You know what? Yeah, why not? 94. There we go. There we go. 94 and the Mets finish higher than the Phillies booking no, right now. No, no. 90. I'll take it on the chin if this is wrong. Easy money. I think the Phillies finish higher than the Mets. Okay. We will find out. There's 162 games to prove it, and it all starts March 30th. The quest for my for me to be right. And the Phillies have lost their 10th in a row here in the month of September. And the Phillies, Jack, and the Phillies Jack. get swept in their home opening series by the Reds. Jack, it's only game 159. <laughs> As a good friend Josh would say. <laughs> I don't know and if he's he, having fun. I don't know? know if he'd be. Yeah, I don't know if he'd be having fun then. No, that would not be fun. So, but he could have fun looking forward to oh. uh, the rest of the season. By the way, By I need to way, tell you something. BT Dubs. Uh, I don't know if that Ohapi trade's looking too good. And let me tell you why. Oh boy. So I, I'm a big like I follow a lot of stuff on Twitter, like MLB wise, not just Mets, but all around the league. And I, I. Uh, I Want to know as much as I can because I just love baseball. Not gotta, only the New York Mets, but I just love the game of baseball. Got a diversified and, timeline. And knowing more about the game just makes me more knowledgeable radio host, not just for the show, but uh, just because I do, like I mentioned, love the game of baseball. Want to know more about it. Yes. Well, sources in Angels Camp oh boy. Uh, have they, That's loved, a very unreliable source, by the way. Not just Angels Camp, but uh, other people that I've seen have loved what they've seen from Logan O'Hoppy so far. They did the way this kid manners himself. Uh, the confidence he has and the level he's playing right now uh, embody all the uh, traits of a future star in this league. And, uh, you know, he came up a little bit last year towards the end of the season. Shows some flashes. I think he might be the mainstay. And he could be pushing for a uh, either starting role as the catcher or kind of the platoon guy with Max Stassi there. So, well, good for him. I got Brandon Marsh. I thought I thought that trade at the time was a little bit gung ho, you know. Yes, that was a very desperate move. I think it was, and you know that that's kind of Dombrowski's mo. I mean, he he is not afraid to trade the prospects to get guys that you know are MLB ready guys. Yeah. And, look, and again, you have Marsh locked up for the future. Is that my phone? I don't know what you did, but I, I heard something. I heard something fall. We'll find it at the next break. But anyway, uh, or you could just reach down now and try to find it. I don't my sunglasses. Does it? Oh. Well, you found him. Good. Yeah, All right. But, but continuing I, back to a hobby. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just, we were on the phone when that trade happened. Me and Jack were we on were, the phone we were, like the entire yeah, trade deadline. Yeah, deadline day, we were in constant communication. Yeah, you know. Because a lot like, was going on. We were locked in. And <clears throat> I had to really talk myself into that trade. You did. <laughs> that was I, I didn't love the trade not the fun. That was, that was brutal. Uh, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I keep hearing that there's development they see in Brandon Marsh. They, they, they're seeing development in Brandon Marsh. Brandon Marsh is going to become a, a better hitter, much better hitter. Market, not much better, but markedly better. If that happens, like, even if that happens, I think they traded away the one prospect that is, you know... I, I talked about the value of JT Realmuto to this team. I think it was either... I think it was last week. How uh, when he goes downhill, right, as catchers do at the end of their career, like... That's a big deal because he is one of the main advantages the Phillies have over every other team. He is the best catcher in baseball. And you had a chance to fill his shoes with, you know, a younger, uh, maybe not as good, but, you know, you never know with the the development of a a player, a very good catching prospect to keep that position a strength. Is Gareth Stubbs that much of a strength? Not really. Um, 
you know, and the, the Phillies have a few catching prospects, but not really anyone notable uh, at the moment, that is. And I, I just think um, there were other ways to fill the center field void um, that were not uh, taken into account and, and just trading it one for one like they did, right? Where mm-hmm. it was just, oh, hoppy for Marsh. I mean, I think the Angels have a very good chance of getting a better return than the Phillies on that trade. However, all that to be said, I still think it was the right move because they filled a void in, yes. in a year that they thought they had a chance. No one else thought so at the time, and my goodness, they came within two games of it. I and think, believe it or not, Brandon Marsh was a part of that. I think both teams will come away feeling good about what they got, but I think the Angels will have the overall better piece of the trade. They'll have the better piece. He's Ohapi is probably the better player. So, Well, per Wayne Randazzo, former Mets radio guy with Howie Rose, now the Angels TV, TV play-by-play guy, uh, tweeted after an opposite field home run in spring training from Ohapi, Ahapi just smashed an opposite field home run in Mesa. This kid looks, talks, and acts like he's going to be a star. Good for them. What you want to hear? Yeah, it's good. And I'm not them. trying to say that to make you feel bad about. No, the trade. I'm not feeling. Look, I came but in you have two games accurate. of a World Series, and Brandon Marsh was on the field most of those playoffs. I don't feel bad about that. I don't feel bad about that. Do you know how many games we would have seen Ohapi in in October of last year? Zero. Zero wouldn't have helped. I would have had to see more Matt Veerling, and who knows how that goes. So yeah, it's fair. Certainly, certainly fair. Just thought that would be an interesting discussion point because I did see that a couple days ago. Yeah, um, it's a very good. It's a really good point. Uh, a trade that obviously at the time I was very scared of. And then who did we give up in the uh, Robertson trade? That was one of our. Was that like Derek Brown? Ben Brown, I think. Ben Brown. Okay, I think. Yeah, let me look that up. Because he was like your number twenty southern prospect at the time. He was. Yeah, he was up there. He was a decent prospect. Top thirty. And uh, you know we got. A rental in Robertson who, who didn't you know, come back. Yep, Ben Brown. Boom. Look at that. Nice. And uh, not only was he only there for half a year, but he missed some time in the playoffs celebrating a Bryce Harper home run. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Have fun in New York. <laughs> Have fun. Um, Welcome to New York. Luckily, they won't hit as many home runs, so you, that, that risk is lower. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited, anyways. man. I, I, I am. For David Robertson. I'm just excited for the season in general, but oh, I think the Mets bullpen could be really good. Better bullpen Mets Phillies. I'd say Mets, but the Phillies have dr- drastically improved in that department over the past couple of years. It's not going to be as much of a laughing stock. No, it's not. Yeah. Supposedly, Junior Marte looks has looked pretty good so far for Phillies. Oh, how have I not? Wait, what position does he play? I've been He's watching these spring training games. Um, Junior Marte. Okay, I think I do know the name actually. Uh, yeah, he, he. We've had a, a got few him guys from the Giants, good. I believe. Yes, signed him. I remember signing him absolutely. Uh, I haven't look in those later innings. I kind of turn it off once most of the starters are out of there, and I, I see a few of the prospects that I'm tuned into. Um, Ethan Wilson with that grand slam. Uh, Weston Wilson having quite the early spring. Something about the Wilsons. Yeah, man. I I was like, wait, is this the same guy? No, two different Wilsons. Okay. So. Um, Ethan's much younger. Yes, he Weston's is. Weston's like 27 or 28. Yeah, he's 27, I think. Ethan is like in 21. his second spring here. So, drafted last year, I believe. Um, yeah, so, some good. Uh, for once, there's like actually prospects to talk about with the Phillies, which is a crazy thing to think about. In some capacity. And I believe today will be Painter's first start, I think. Let's look it up. I think so. Drum roll, please. Yes, it is. Ew, where's number 76? What is that? 
year of our country's freedom, Jack. Yes, but that's such a, oh, such a Andrew gross Painter number. is freeing the Phillies a from a terrible farm system. That's such a terrible number for a pitcher. Please don't tell me that's what he's actually going to wear. I doubt it. Yeah, that's got to be just a spring training thing, right? Please, don't tell me he actually wears number seventy-six. No, I don't. I don't think he'll wear that. No, please don't. Such a gross number for a pitcher. But anyway, did you see yesterday about the Pirates and the Orioles? Uh, yeah, playing an extra half inning. That was so funny. You just see the umpires walk off the field. The players stay on because the Orioles wanted to get one of their pitchers some work in, in, that, <laughs> in that game, and they couldn't. So you know what? They're like, yeah, we're going to play the final half inning because we both want to. Yeah. And that's it. And you're not going to say anything about and it. And the umpires, you don't have any say in it. So no, I don't want to go. I'm not going anywhere. You can, go, right you can go get your early dinner reservation, Yeah, and we'll keep playing the game we love. <laughs> It's what you love to see. The Orioles are like, umpires, don't be interrupting my live broadcast. Yeah. So, so that was funny though. No pitch clock, no umps. You see, <laughs> my favorite part of that was the uh who which team was batting? Uh, I believe it was Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. So it was the Orioles, their catcher, right? To see him catch frame and then call a strike <laughs> was so funny. Did you see that? I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the ump? <laughs> Like, who was calling balls? They had the catcher doing it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was the catcher doing that. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Gets it from, like, the other batter's box. Strike three! (laughs) Just knocked my cord everywhere. I I did see that. I'm looking something up. Hold on. What are you looking at? It is! It is! Wow! Would you look at that? That's what I thought. So, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Funny, funny connection. Coming out of Ohio State, he's going to be one of the probably top receivers taken off the board in this year's draft class. His brother... Is actually in the Pirates system. Oh. Yeah. What's I, his name? Uh, that's the part I'm trying to figure out how to pronounce. Hmm. Uh, I believe it's Cannon. C-A-N-A-A-N. Okay. Canon. Cannon. Cannon. That's what I, I thought. Cannon. Cannon, Smith, and Jigba. Would you look at that? I was like, "There's that, he, that's got to be his brother, right? And it is. It's his older brother. How about that? That's awesome. Two brothers who play in professional sports. Must be nice. That's ridiculous, you know, like to think about that, the probability of like, you know, you as parents having two kids who are good enough at sports to both go pro, respectively in baseball and football. Like that's Imagine all the practices they had to go to. Oh yeah. It's like that minivan had some miles on it. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's funny. That's funny. A guy I love seeing in spring training, Brett Beatty continues to absolutely tear the cover off the ball in the early going for the Mets. One of their top prospects, they're actually number two prospect, uh, and I believe a top 20 prospect in all of baseball, uh, hitting 571 in the early going with a home run and three RBIs and a 1625 OPS. <laughs> Beatty early on making his Call case. Small sample sizes. It is, but yeah. he is, he's raking the swing, looks good, going to all fields. Uh, I think if there's one prospect that could say for the Mets with high certainty that he's more than likely to make the roster. I think it's going to be Brett Beatty. Yeah. Comparatively to Alvarez and and uh, Vientos. Makes sense. But the, uh, you know, development of a few roster pieces, though, for the Phillies is what I'm mostly tuned into. Alec Bohm, Nick Castellanos. Uh, each with a home run so far, a big home run. Nick Castellanos uh, launched one to his power alley in right center. You know how he's a doubles hitter, right? So yeah. it's not always going to be a pull shot. 
not always going to be a drive in a deep left by Castellanos. Um, and he, he cranked one. Boom, absolutely demolished a ball. Uh, looks like the muscle is there, um, which is good to see. Uh, Castellanos uh, keeps getting some hits. You know, he got a RBI single when I was watching the other day. Um, you know who also looks good? Update. Uh, Trey Turner is still swinging nicely. Surprise, surprise, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if that's a shocker, shocker of the year alert, folks. Trey Turner, who he just signed an 11-year deal player. for a well over $300 million, is good at the game of baseball. <laughs> if, if, if that shocks anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So... Very happy about that. Trey yeah. Turner continues to look like the star he is. Yeah. Jeez, you don't say. The only person that looks like he's underperforming, but he'll probably figure it out, is uh, Kyle Schwaba. But uh, he, he strikes out a lot anyways. Started hitting uh, started hitting the ball, you know, fly balls uh, to, you know, deep-ish center field instead of striking out uh, yesterday. So. I love how everyone overreacts to spring training stuff. I know. You know what I'm saying? That's why like, I'm calmly I'm calmly giving a few notes. Yeah, like Jose Quintana yesterday for the Mets, not a good debut at all. Two thirds of an inning, five runs, four hits, walking a home run allowed. Oof, good for a sixty-seven and a half ERA in his first outing. Uh, that's not as good as the Phillies had a guy. So the Phillies had a guy. I forget against who. It was the game Wilson hit his grand. I think it was the Twins game. Yeah, I think so. I, I think forget that the right. pitcher, and uh, he gave up five runs. In a third of an inning pitched, got one strikeout, had a nice, cool 135 ERA. Sick. <laughs> yeah. If that isn't great, I don't know what it oh, is. Oh, dude. But then, like, I see Mets fans on Twitter reacting like, oh, my goodness, Quintana, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, it's his first spring training start. Like, why are we overreacting here? That's not good, though. It's, no, it's not. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, five runs in two-thirds of an inning is good. But, again, there's a lot more adjustments you have to make this year. I mean, the pitch clock. You know, just because you use it a little bit in bullpens, I mean, it's not like it's going to be just a smooth transition for everybody. Zach Wheeler doesn't like it. So, yeah, because some pitchers like to work slow. Yeah. Like Max Scherzer loves it because he loves to work fast. He's like a pitching machine. Pitch, get it back, and go. It's like, you know, there's some guys who love to work fast. There's some guys who like to take their time and work slow. Yep. It's going to be a different transition for everybody. So to sit here and say, oh, this guy's terrible after one bad spring training start, that's just foolish. And that just shows you just don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So what do you think about um, the bases not being able to, you're not able to like push off as much apparently? Because they're not as, uh, there's less of a vertical aspect to them. So when you're kind of rounding, usually you push out with your foot to yeah. push you toward the next base. So you know, base running might be uh, an adjustment as well. Like there's a lot of it's gonna make It's going to make pure speed guys, I think, stand out more Yeah. than they already do. Yeah. Like, very good point. You know, Bobby Wood Jr.'s got like a 30-foot-per-second sprint speed. He's, he's like blazing fast. So, like, he's going to look as good as he is. By the way, I think stolen bases are going to go through the roof this year. Absolutely, man. Like, the like Phillies, if you don't have a, if you have a bad arm behind the plate, that's going to be a glaring weakness more than we've ever seen in years past. And it's a, it, probably more than we've ever seen in our lifetimes. Two more ways that JT Realmuto is, is beneficial to this team. He's got plus speed. Yeah. And Realmuto can run for days. Yeah. And obviously one of the best arms in the game, uh, if not the best. I mean, and on top of that, you, you got Trey Turner, uh, Harper when he comes back is aggressive, Brandon Marsh is a speed guy. I mean, the Phillies have some guys with wheels, man. I'm yeah. very excited for this. Very excited. I'm it. excited to see how many bags Lindor and Marte can steal this year. Barring Marte is, is very quick. Yes. Yeah. He's a mess. Like, if he's healthy, if he's healthy, healthy, he might steal 40-plus. Man, how many more runs are we going to see this year? It's going to be fun. We'll see. So, I mean, but you got to get on base, too. 
You do. I mean, with the elimination of the shift, too, you're going to see a lot of guys who struggled maybe get more hits. Yeah, those are going to turn like into Vogelback hits. hit a single the other day. That if the shift was on, it's an easy ground out. Yep. But it gets in the right field for a single. Yeah, totally. So we're going to see more pure athleticism from these infielders too. So, I hope so. You know, add it, add it to the uh, yeah the skill. You know, it's going to make good defenders and the elite defenders of the game look like the elite defenders of the game, and the guys who got their numbers a little bit boosted potentially from playing in the shift. I think we're, we'll maybe see a little bit of those dip in numbers. Yeah. So we'll see. Really fun to think about. Yes, it is. A lot of mind games, you know, that's going to have to be played. And adds a little bit more strategy to the game as well. You know, puts a little bit more on the plate of these managers. You know, how the position guys, you know, what do you do in certain situations? We'll see how that goes. It's kind of the first year in a new era of sorts of baseball, if you will. Yeah, um, which I, I am all in favor of. So I like some of the new rules. Some of them I don't. Which one don't you like? I'm still on and off about the pitch clock. Okay. I like it because the games go quicker. But also... I think one thing you got to talk about is MLB. You got to lower ticket prices here. You're going to pay the same amount we were to see less action, less time at baseball. Those have to correlate. But it's more action. More action, but less time at the ballpark. Okay. So you're spending a half an hour to 45 minutes less at the stadium. Albeit, you're getting more action. You're seeing a better product, though. Not guaranteed. I mean, I I think it'll be. You're not sitting around just waiting all the time. You're actually engaged in the event. I mean, yes, but I mean, not like you weren't engaged in the event before. No, I, I'd say the casual fan could lose interest if it's just. I mean, know, yeah, but pitch. Waited a minute. Exactly, but I mean, I don't know. Do you think fifty? I feel like fifteen is a little short. I feel like it was up around eighteen to twenty, uh, with no one on base. Yeah, it'd be a little better. I'd be happy with it. Cause you gotta go at fifteen, man. Yeah, like, I mean, I was you, watching. As soon as Bilotti, you get the ball back, you're starting. I was watching Bilotti, and he was barely getting it in each time. Yeah, um, no, and the what the batter's got to get set before eight seconds. Eight seconds. Yeah. So you have seven seconds to do your, you know, your little. Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know if I call it a routine, but like, yeah. uh, what happens after you hit a foul ball? How much? How much time do you get? Same amount. Think about the same amount of time. Like, what if it's like a ground ball down the line? You start yeah, you're running, running after. Out? Yeah. It's right back to the box. <laughs> Jeez. I think. I don't know. Uh, but, like, you know, some guys, like, after they hit a foul ball, like, right in off the hands or, like, you know, a bad swing and miss, they back. take, a, like, a walk around home plate, you know what I mean, where they just circle it. You know what you I'm talking about? got to pace it, man. You yeah. got to go, go, go. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Very, very interesting at that. So uh, we're going to take our final break of hour number one. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue to talk about MLB stuff and more than likely kick off hour number two with some NHL talk, a lot of trades to go through. Uh, and the you know the outcomes of those trades, how they can affect uh, a lot of different teams, because a lot of trades are made not only just over the past 24 hours, but over the course of this entire week. So plenty more to talk about on the flip side of this break here on Heavy Ears on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. Okay, you are Kutztown. Welcome back into Heavy Hitters, Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim, making our way through hour number one, just about 9:45 on the East Coast. Early on this brisk Wednesday morning, 1st of March. Sorry about this calendar. And we are making our way toward the MLB season just one day and four weeks away. Um, Man, I'm very excited. Jack, I was thinking about this at the top of the show when you said it was 29 days away. And I was like, so that means, you know, you know, get to tomorrow. Easy. Okay. Then it's four weeks away. One of those weeks, you know, we'll still be in school here before, uh, you know, just before uh, spring break. But, like, you know, it's, so next week is, like, that week where you're like, oh, it's almost here. You know, it's kind of like the winding down week. 
where you just have to power through real quick. Yeah. Then it's spring break for another week. And then it's uh, back for one more just and then, 10 days. Yeah. After we get back from spring break, it's 10 days until until baseball's back. Yep. Can you believe it? No, it's, it's coming up fast. You know, it's going to be here sooner rather than later. And I love every second of that. Uh, because you know when that March when March thirtieth rolls around, oh, whew, it's gonna be something about waking up that Thursday morning. You know, hopefully see the sun outside. You know, little clouds in the sky, and you feel it, man. You throw in your baseball apparel and say, "This is it." I've started feeling it. You know that, like that's what we've been waiting for. <laughs> you know, when you walk outside on like a warm day, right, just at the start of spring, and you start to smell. That's that that spring smell. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, the flowers start to bud. Yeah, the spring allergies start to kick in. Yeah, the, you know you're just const- walking. The constant sneezing starts. The sneezing when you're walking down the down the road or whatever. You just oh, you're just so entrenched by it. If you're blind, you face plant into a fire hydrant. You're like, wow, you love this, but I hate it because <laughs> my allergy meds I'm taking still not working because I'm sneezing my brains out. I'm trying to live, but I love the clear. warm leather. Yeah, yeah, so. But, oh, man, I can't wait for that, that first Monday show during the baseball season. Hopefully after a Sunday night baseball game where the Phillies finish a sweep of the Rangers. So, Is that yeah. going to be on ESPN or Fox? Uh, Sunday night baseball, ESPN. Okay. Yeah, always is. You'll deal with Carl Ravitch, David Cohn, and company. Okay. That broadcast. Carl Ravitch is the uh, – he's the one that did it last year, right? Like with, Yes. Uh, I remember the Phils played the Blue – not Blue Jays, the Cardinals – um, yeah. are the Cardinals even blue? No. I'm blind. I mean, I they do have a blue jersey. Okay. Well, they only wear it at home, I think, usually. Yeah. Well, I think we were playing in their stadium. I'm not quite sure. Bush But stadium. it was like that, uh, it was, remember when Schwarber was mic'd up? Uh, yes. Yeah, it was that game. I think that was Carl Ratch, or what was his name? Ravage. Ravage. R-A-V-E-C-H. Ravage. Um. Ravage. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, and so there was like this pop up, and Schwarber, Schwarber just starts yelling, "I got it! I got it!" Yeah. And then he catches. He's like, "Nice." <laughs> so, yeah. oh, he was also the guy that did that Sunday night game when you guys hosted the Brewers, that Angel Hernandez yes. game. And Schwarber is thrown out of the game <laughs> with the. Oh, what did he say? What? Ah, uh, he said like, "Schwarber's been thrown out of the game," and he's like something like zero regard, like. And like he doesn't care or something like that. Yeah, something like that. That was a very fun moment. And he's just freaking out. Her sister was a witch. Yeah. Yes, that was that was funny. <laughs> I love how he pointed at both dugouts and said, The cause of terrible for both sides. Yeah. It's not just us, it's been that too. Yeah. So, that was funny. Cardinals are like, don't bring us in or Brewers are like, don't bring us into this. Hey, don't bring us into this. Our guy Lauer shoving tonight. He's got 13 K's. He's got 13 high. strikeouts. Got a, this guy's got a career high. <laughs> Looking like a Hall of Famer. Oh Thanks, my goodness. Angel. Oh my goodness, Angel Hernandez, you stink, and I don't like you. It was a one nothing Brewers win. Yeah, that was gross. So, that was not fun. No, it was not. A lot of booing going on at the games I was at. You know, yeah, booing that, booing Nick Castellanos in July, booing Boom. you know everything because we were losing to the Reds. Booing Boom because he lost to the Cubs in extras. Yes. So, a lot of boo birds going around. All right, did you hear the boos? What? No, I lost my hearing. So. <laughs> Remember that? Yes, that was. There funny. were so many moments from the Philly season last year, bro. Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait. Well, we do have a message from the KU Notebook before Read we get it. back into our MLB discussion. Attention, KU students! Did you know undergraduate research and creativity? 
gives you many of the resources needed to publish and present your work at regional, national, or international levels. To learn more, please visit www.kutztown.edu UGRC. You can also stay up to date on conferences and publication opportunities by following UGRC on Instagram at UGRC underscore KU. This message of community, community interest brought to you by the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. KU are back here wrapping up hour number one. We talked NFL earlier on. Talking MLB now, all things spring training. And one of the funny things spring training, I think a moment I was back on, is at Clover Park, the Mets uh, spring training field uh, in Port St. Lucie. Uh, when they were playing the Marlins, the sprinklers went off, you know? <laughs> and the first thing I thought of was, like, you know, just getting doused in water. Like, after you pull up in a fire hydrant and just whoosh, that just giant channel of water comes flying out. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever seen that video? No. <laughs> What? Really? Oh. This is a video of this guy. They open up a fire hydrant on <laughs> the sidewalk, and there's just this giant stream of water that comes out. It's like, it's like whoosh, and this guy just gets blasted back by it. <laughs> I, mean, I thought maybe that was a family guy. Because I think, I think they were... Jack confusing family guy. I don't know. I don't know. Life. Yeah, I don't know. I swore I saw that. Maybe it was a real person. Maybe it was a TV show. Did I you don't also know. see two guys in a random you know, restaurant pull out guitars and start singing about their credit card debt? Yes. Yeah, that that's a family guy. Yeah, no, I, I know. Credit card debt. Credit card debt. Oh, this Boba Fett. Hold on, we're looking it up. <laughs> Man getting blasted by fire hydrant. Yeah. Yeah, or just when you open up a fire hydrant, you see the water chanted. The water I've never opened one. I'm not a firefighter. No, neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, wait a minute. I love those, um, this, like, sprinkler situation. It reminds, have you ever watched those uh, not-so-serious baseball compilations? Yes. Yeah, I love those. Those are funny. Those are funny. <laughs> One of my favorite, like, baseball oddities, like, clips is, um, you know the song Kickstart My Heart? Yes. Yeah. Motley Crue. So, I forget what teams, but the pitcher goes into his windup, and I guess the guys up in the audio room hit the button by accident. Because as he's on his back foot, you just hear the opening to that. And he, like, fires the ball off in some random direction. And then the announcers, they the camera pans to the guys in the audio booth, and they're, like, freaking out. And he, the announcer goes, yep, that's on you guys. It happens from time to time. Could you imagine? Like, it was loud, too. It was in one of those dome stadiums. And because uh, you imagine just being that pitcher, just focusing on like you know throwing only like ninety miles an hour, and you're just on your back foot and just. I found it. There it is. I knew there was a video of that. I knew I saw it somewhere. This guy just opens up a fire hydrant, just tries to get a drink, and the giant channel water just flows out, just goes, just gets knocked back. It was funny. He tried to drink it. Yeah. I think there's chemicals in there. I don't think it's safe, but you know what? If you're thirsty, you're thirsty. I guess. Got to do what you got to do, Jim. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. All right. Uh, getting back into it. Uh, anything else? Anything else? Um, Braves? Braves camp has been quiet. Yeah. I thought we both just said Braves. That at was the same time. funny. <laughs> so my buddy loves Sean Murphy. He's a big Braves fan. He's like, yeah, I'm going to like this guy. Can hit the ball a ton. And he's got a good arm behind the plate, too. So. Good for him. Vaughn Grissom went three for three yesterday with a pair of uh, pair of ribbies. I don't like Grissom. I don't like him either. I haven't liked this game. Kevin Pillard, his first home run of Braves camp, former Met, Blue Jay. Uh, I believe Dodger as well. He's made his way around. So, yeah. 
Guy getting know. passed around like the flu. Braves camp. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we're all, all three of our teams are going to compete for the division this year, I think. It's going to be really, so. really intense. Really intense. Should be fun. They open up the year against Washington. Oh, come on! Yep, March 30th. That's not fair. Who do you guys so. open against? Uh, Miami. Home or away? For four on the road. Are you kidding? Four games against the... Got I almost Sandy said the Alcantara. The Marlins. Sandy Alcantara going to be starting opening day. At least Alcantara is difficult, you know? Yeah. You guys got the Grom. If I'm he not stays scared. healthy. I'm not scared. <laughs> I'm not scared at all. No, no. no. And the Grom's got 12 strikeouts, mowing him down. But in between that, he's allowed six home runs. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no. I can't wait for uh, Bryson Stott to get four hits off Scherzer again. I love how the Mets play 17 of their first 23 games on the road. That's awesome. That's funny. You have six home games, three against the Marlins, three against the Padres. Oh, the Padres! The Padres! We, I love it. we play the Padres. Oh, no, we don't finish them up in, in, in April. We play them at home, but we don't play them on the road. Hmm. It's weird. We, we, we play the Padres at home. Then we go out west for Oakland, L.A., being the Dodgers, and the, and the Giants. Wow. Yeah. And then we go back out west later in the year, I'm, I'm assuming, because you got to play the Padres. And we do. The, and you got to play Seattle. Right before the All-Star break. Gotta and play you got to play Arizona and Arizona. San Diego. Yeah. yeah, Arizona and San Diego. We play that right before the All-Star break. Gotcha. So. I, um... And we go back out there to play... Do we play Seattle on the road? Probably at some point, right? Yeah. Did I just miss it? You would think. Did I just scroll past it or no? I don't know. I'm not seeing it here. Maybe we only play them at home. What so. am I pulling with that? Your, your sunglasses? Oh. So, yeah. Um, the Phillies, I believe, play like a West Coast trip over my birthday, so there won't be any uh, Mitch Miss game this year. Yeah, no. Maybe I can go around it, but. Yeah, I think we're out West in late July. Yeah, late July. I think we play the, if I remember, it's the Padres, but I could definitely be wrong about that. I wonder, what is your birthday? What, 26? July 22nd. Second. Oh, my dude. I was thinking 22nd. Oh, my and dude. Then I switched off. <laughs> My dude. Oh, my dude. <laughs> Talking like, uh, everyone said I look like Jesse Pinkman in New York. You did. Yo, Mr. White. Dude, with that beanie <laughs> yeah. and the gray shirt, man. The gray shirt. It, it fit it. You, you, did, you did fit the look. So, yeah. Mr. White. You fit the profile. What's but, up? Uh, it's like a corporate laundromat. Yeah, so. All right, uh, wrap it up. Hour number one, sub two minutes. We got to take our hourly break. Any MLB outtakes you got for us, Mitch? Outtakes. Uh, probably talk NHL start hour number two. Yeah, we we definitely will. I just I am just like it's only four weeks away, and uh, you know I know that there's going to be some ups and downs with the camp. I got to see how Painter looks. I got to see how uh, you know if if the hitting for Castellanos and Bohm and things like that continue. But early returns on spring training, man. So back, it's so the crew has stick has stuck together. They're ready to go mash their way to an NL East title and return to the World Series once again to defeat the Houston Astros, the Baltimore Orioles. I dude, <laughs> Phillies Orioles second round. <laughs> um, yeah. That would be funny, but isn't it crazy that that pick ended up being half right? Yeah, and I said the Phillies would lose, right? You did. I said the Phillies would lose the World Series. And you were right. And I was right. And you're right. So <laughs> Sounds like a lot of hoopla. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to take a, take a brief break uh, for a couple minutes. When we come back, 
Hour number two, a full hour ahead, so don't go anywhere. Plenty more sports talk coming to our next in hour number two here on Heavy Hitters Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Sports talk on your Wednesday morning, 10 a.m. here in Kutztown. This is the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR. And we are back for one more hour discussing, uh, well, we discussed NFL and MLB in that dis- in that uh, first hour discussion. Jack, how we feeling halfway through? Uh, we're feeling pretty good. What was the problem you fixed? Uh, I accidentally like jumbled all this stuff. We got to play into like a non-correct order, but we fixed it. We're good back job. in order. Speaking of non-correct orders, Jack, I just asked him his uh, top five teams in baseball heading into the season. Jack, would you like to repeat them? You know, number one, I got the Houston Astros. I mean, if you're looking at it here up and down, the defending champs got to be number one. Um, that was the only part I agreed with. Uh, you know, I think, I think, in my my non-biased opinion, and the Mets are number two. That is not <laughs> Mets are number two, uh, followed by Atlanta, then San Diego, and then the Dodgers. Rounded it out. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? Yankees at six, probably follow after that. You know what we didn't talk about? What injuries? During spring training. Oh, yeah. Gavin Lux tore his ACL, man. That poor man. I feel so bad for that dude. Yeah. Dump of the season. Wish you well, Gavin. Hope you heal up. There was someone else I saw the other day. Uh, someone had no bleak. I forget who, though. I um, did not see that. I got to look, I uh, I I gotta look back at injury reports. I mean, I just don't know what yeah. you're talking about. I got to figure it out. But, um, yeah, so scary situation, uh, unfortunate situation for uh, Gavin and the Dodges. But, uh, and the Dodges. Yeah, so that that uh, do you think that changes their their stock in any way, Jack? No, no. I think they're going to be just fine. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you. Um, I don't agree with your rankings at all. This is the man. He just put the Padres fourth in baseball after talking about how they don't have you know a four and a five starter, and he's been so low on the Padres this entire time. This is fraudulent. This is fraudulent. I mean, I, I I would say I'm more questionable of their bottom two starters compared to the, as they don't have them. I also, I also coming from an unbiased source here. All right, of course you're gonna put the Phillies in the top five. No, coming from an unbiased source here. Braves are better than the Mets. They just are. You could you could say that. I think it's a debate. I would put the Braves probably at number two. Uh, because they are proven. They've won the division the last five years. And then I think third and fourth might be interchangeable Phillies and Mets. Uh, Phillies are not top five teams to me. Why? Because. I just I just don't think they are if you comparatively look at everyone else around the league in terms of the top team. You don't think they're better than the Dodgers? I mean, I don't know. It's It's just... I just don't think that they're there. I mean, like, they're really good. But I don't know that they're better than the Dodgers. They were one of the top two teams in baseball last year. And they added and added and added a little more. So I, mean, I don't know. I just don't understand what you're not seeing. What I'm not seeing is i got to see that it's not just a you know uh, get out at the right time type of run. I mean, they have some of the best hitters in baseball. Uh, some very good established pitchers in Nola, Wheeler, and Suarez. Uh, along with the top pitching prospect in baseball. Their bullpen is now well-rounded. I just don't know what the weakness is here. Not the not the top pitching prospect in baseball. One of. Yuri Perez in Miami is also up there, yes. I believe. Yeah, one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. I don't know, man. 
I don't know, man. I think you might be in for a rude, rude awakening. I think three of the top five teams in baseball reside in this division, which is going to make it such a fun year. Moving on. Yeah, I think you're just lowballing the Mets. I'm not lowballing. I had them at three. I had them at three. Yeah, I think you're just lowballing. Which is yeah, disrespectful yeah. to my personal, you know, my unbi- or my biased opinion says the Mets are like five or six. I mean, the Mets do have eight players in the top and will be 100, so. That is such a biased list. I mean, how? It just is. I, I don't make the list. I know. I don't think a Mets fan makes the list. No. So, MLB has their team store in New York. Mets, Mets, Astros have eight. Braves, Phillies, and Blue Jays have seven. Yankees, Padres have six. Who were the seven? Do you know the seven for the Phils? Uh, I had to guess see. it's Harper. If I had to go in order, Ramuto. Harper, Turner, Ramuto. Not in order, but Harper, oh, oh, Turner, Ramuto, Schwarber. Okay. Schwarber. Yeah, he's got to be because he is a Philly. Well, now he is. I, I wasn't sure if this was like so, last year's rankings. Harper, Turner. I think it's going into this year. Ramuto, Harper, Schwarber, Turner, Schwarber. Wheeler, Nola. Wait, wait, hold on. Harper, Turner, Schwarber. Ramuto. Nola Wheeler, and... Would it be Sir Anthony? Uh, could be, yeah. Could be Sir Anthony. I, I, if I had to guess, it'd probably be Sir Anthony. Yeah. Sir Anthony, I mean, Hoskins, maybe. I don't think... Is he top 100? Maybe. Let me look back. Yeah. Could scroll through all of these and look back. It's going to take a bit. <laughs> Hold Jack. up. Hold up. Poor Jack. Harper and Turner, 17 and 11, respectively. Harper was number 17. Yeah. What? Turner was 11. How? How is Turner a better baseball player than Bryce Harper? And oh. I, just heard that outside. <laughs> I just heard the echo outside. There we go. That is the. See, this is a dumb list. This is already just verifiably a stupid list. Oh, by the way, back to earlier, Logan Hoppy second on the uh, top rookie of the year candidates in the AL. Yeah, good for him. So, good for him. Yeah, yeah. Who else? Let's keep finding the poster. Spread out here. So, who was number one? Shohei Otani. JT Ramuto's twenty nine. Okay. Let's, let's come on. There we go. Uh, Zach Wheeler thirty five. Wheeler. Just trying to make sure I don't miss any here. It's four of the top forty. That's ten percent. Schwarber forty four. Nice. Kyle Schwarber. Uh, no, no Phillies in that section. Keep going back. Keep going back. Back at the wall and it's gone. But God is there at the wall and it's in the basket. Wait, did I miss a section? I feel like I jumped a section. I don't know, man. Seven. I need the seventies to eighties. You seen any Mets there? Hoskins is ninety four. Hoskins. All right. Wow. And then where's Nola? I can't find the other section for some reason. Hmm. Interesting. Probably Hold in there. Up. Wait a minute. Someday right. I'm scanning it, but I just do not see it. What is happening? You think, um, where do you think uh, Shohei's going to go after this year? Mm, I don't Being know. Being the number one player in baseball, apparently. That's a good question. How uh, Do you agree that Bryce Harper's lower ranked than Trey Turner? Um... If it's based on last year, then probably yeah. Oh my, he was, he was hurt for half the year. Uh, I mean, you got to take everything into account here. Turner produced more. Take this into account. Read your notebook. Syndicate this, my computer wife. <laughs> yeah, syndicate, 
Syndicate this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. From the KRNO Contention, K community, want to join a campus club that has a focus on activism, racial justice, gender equity, self-empowerment, and anti-violence? If so, come join FMLA. FMLA meets every Tuesday from 11 to 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. at room 104 in the Boxwood House. We hope to see you there. This message of community interest is brought to you by Radio Voice of University, KUR. We're going to wrap up our MLB discussion. Going to NHL, we got a good amount to talk about there, so we're not going to spend too much longer on the baseball front, despite how much we love talking about the game. Mitch, I'm going to read out the top 10 real quick, see if you agree. Probably okay. won't, but here it is. All right. One, Shohei Otani. Mm. Two, Aaron Judge. What? Keep going. Well, who's number three? Mike Trout. Mm. Okay. Mookie Betts, four. Ooh. Manny Machado, the San Diego Padres. Manny Machado is number five. Norton Arenado, six. Paul Goldschmidt, seven. Oh, my goodness. This is so biased. Jose Ramirez, eight. Jordan Alvarez, nine. Oh, get it off. And Freddie Freeman, ten. Freddie. This is so upsetting. This is not a good list. Who do you agree with on this list? Uh, I think a lot of the names that are there deserve to be there. They're good players, but is, is Aaron Judge the second best in the league? I mean, I think going based off last year, yes. Guy had 62 home runs. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Won an MVP. Trout number three. Most home runs in a year by any player who is clean, proven that Judge hasn't done anything. That's pretty incredible. Trout number three. Yeah, I mean, Trout is... He's a He's going to go down guy. as a Hall of Famer yeah. when it's all said and done. Uh, uh, whoa. That was, that was kind of strange. Odd. Never do that again, please. Uh, I mean, Mookie Betts, is, he's a really good ball player, man. Just a good two-way guy. Uh, he's a cannon of an arm. I like Mookie Betts. Great glove. Can hit it, too. I mean, he's... One of the best names in sports. All-around player. Mookie Betts. Gets, gets the job done on a high level. Machado, I don't think he's fifth. No, he's not. I think Goldschmidt and Arenado have a case to be better. I would definitely put those two above him. Uh, but him and J-Ram are close. Jordan at nine. Yeah, he's pretty darn good. And then Freeman, I think, is either first or second best at first base in the game. So you could interchange the names. I think they have pretty much good amount of the right guys up there mm. so Bryce Harper's better than most of them I mean star of the game Jack I mean Paul Goldschmidt did have an insane season last year mm-hmm. nearly won a triple crown I know he's a very good Harper ball player doing that he could uh, Harper Harper outside 2015 doesn't hit for the average that it takes to get a yeah, no, I get you. to get to get a triple crown. I get you. So, moving on, we got to talk NHL. We do got to talk NHL. A lot of trades have happened, man, and we are gonna give our little bit of rapid to some, but a little bit in depth reaction to others. Going back, we're gonna start with uh, February twenty sixth. I mean, a lot happened really starting from then till now. Uh, in a blockbuster, the Devils got Timo Meyer, uh, Timur Ibrahimov, and Scott Scott Harrington, uh, and Santeri Hataka along with goalie Zachary Edmond in a fifth-round pick in the 2024 NHL draft from the Sharks in exchange for forwards Fabian Zetterland, Andreas Janssen, uh, defensive prospects Shakir Makamadoulin, and Nikita Akotyuk, I think. Akotyuk, maybe, possibly. Again, I'm trying to say these names to the best of my capabilities. And a conditional first-round pick on the 2023 NHL draft. Uh, along with a conditional second rounder in the 2024 draft and a seventh round pick in the 2024 draft. And that's a huge trade. That's a lot. A lot of, lot. <laughs> lot of pieces going both ways. 
Uh, obviously, Meyer being the headline piece in return for New Jersey. The Devils already put Scott Harrington on waivers, and he was claimed, uh, I believe, by... Oh, who was it? I think I saw it yesterday. I don't know if it was Nashville. My gut wants to tell me that, but I don't think it was. But he, anyways, he was Harrington was put on waivers and claimed, so he won a piece of that trade. Already gone, being a depth defenseman. I think the headliner for the Sharks got to be uh, Shakir Makamadoulin. Uh, I think, hopefully I'm saying that right. Makamadoulin, I think. I'm, I think I'm saying it too fast. Makamadoulin, I think is how you say it. Uh, but he was the Devils' first-round pick last year. Uh, one of their top defensive prospects. They also have Luke Hughes and Simon... Uh, Nemich in their system as well, so I don't think they're going to fret over losing, over losing him. So, and Harrington was claimed by the Ducks, uh, not the Preds, but it was a Western Conference team, so at least I had that part right. Nice, uh, but huge trade there. I mean, Meyer going back to the Devils. If he signs a long-term extension, it makes this deal worth it. But I think that is the big banking part for New Jersey. If they can lock up Meyer for the long term, uh, and, and it is Mukamadulin, I think. Is how I'm is how I'm getting word on that that pronunciation. So, uh, yeah. But I mean, he is he's the headline guy for the Sharks. I mean, you have to look at it. Fabian Zetterlund's also a good piece. They're getting back. Andreas Janssen's okay, and then and then the Hall of Draft picks as well. Uh, I mean, the Devils are going to be a lock to make the playoffs. <sighs> I don't know. I just there's a lot to take away from this. But Meyer, the headliner for for the Devils, he's got a sign to make it worth it for New Jersey for the long term. But man, if you look at that top six. Looks really good. I mean, they got Heischer, Hughes, Meyer. Uh, you have Sharon Govich thrown in that mix. Uh, they can mix and match a lot of guys. This team's young. They're scrappy. Meyer makes them a little bit more physical up front. Uh, I love what I'm seeing for the Devils. The Devils are going to be a contender in not only the Metro, but in the East for years to come with this core. Uh, and, you know, considering the start they had of the season, Lindy Ruff being chanted to get almost fired, and now what they're doing now, put, you know, pushing Carolina potentially for a Metro Division title, uh, it's been impressive. It has been very, very impressive. Devils have been an up-and-coming team with the amount of young talent that they have acquired through some really bad years and high draft picks, but here they are. Uh, they're contending right now on pace to play the New York Rangers, who we'll talk about in a little bit uh, in the first round. But, man, New Jersey, they are looking good, and they really didn't have to give up. I mean, Zetterlin and um, Muka Madulin are the really young guys they gave up in this trade. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, you know, what do those draft picks become? Not necessarily sure. Uh, but I think a good trade for both sides. What do you think, Mitch? Yeah, I definitely think it's a good trade for both sides. When you have this many names in a trade, uh, it, it leaves more room for you know both sides to walk away with a good piece. Uh, it leaves both sides uh, feeling good about the, the load of things they just received. So I think it'll take a little bit uh, to pan out. Obviously, the Devils, like you said, competing now, competing very well right now. I think it helps them compete. Uh, and and I also think, like you mentioned, you know, San Jose got some good pieces in return. So mutually beneficial trade. Uh, one of the longer laundry lists of names I've heard you read on a trade. So yeah, huge huge trade there. One more we're going to talk about before our first break. I mean, it was it was a head scratching trade to me. Tampa Bay Lightning got forward Tanner Janot for the National Predators, who's a young physical forward. Uh, he he's got some decent skating skating capabilities. Uh, not afraid to get in his fair share of fights. Uh, but he's, you know, that scrappy four-checker kind of guy that you like to have. Uh, you know, if you pinpoint a champion team, you say, you know, what one? Uh, these are the guys that could be stashing your second, third line. They have that goal-scoring capability, but are also not afraid to get into the dirty areas when the four-check battles keep off his possessions live. That's what Janot's role pretty predominantly is. Uh, and in return, the Preds got a haul. Uh, depth defense with Cal Foote, a conditional first-round pick in the 2025 draft, a second-round pick in the 24 NHL draft, 
and then the third, fourth, and fifth round picks in the 2023 draft. I mean, the Lightning said, we're going to go all in with this move. We're going to give up a lot of draft capital uh, to get a young forward that we like and we that we believe in. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's weird that he gave up so much. <laughs> a lot of people in the, in the industry and a lot of predominant sources were puzzled by the haul the Preds got back. I mean, the Preds come away with, you know, say gangbusters with this kind of this kind of move. I mean, they got a lot in return. And you know, you know, he just you know, he's throwing pucks, you know, towards the net. He takes the puck and throws it towards the net. You know, he's that kind of guy. You know, and and it's really what I think the Lightning kind of like about him. Uh you know, but I don't know if he's worth all these picks. I really don't. I don't think at all actually. No. But he's he's good. I think he's decent, but not worth this. The one uh, consolation is, I mean, there's only one second rounder, no first rounders, but it's still too many. It's a lot. Know, second, third. You're giving picks up in three consecutive drafts. Yeah. This kind of reminds you what the Rams have done. It's exactly what the Rams have done that we were just talking about. Uh, was that yesterday me and you were talking about it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just not smart to sacrifice a lot of draft capital to try to keep a window open, especially seeing what Toronto's doing. And we're going to talk about the Rangers and the Leafs heavily when we come back from this break, but I mean... Wow, there's just it's 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 crazy what a lot of these teams are done. I mean, I think the league is so wide open this year, and we haven't seen any years past. I mean, we knew Tampa Bay last couple of years, Colorado last year was just the top dog, and it was just a matter of who could beat them. No one could. They ended up winning the cup. But this year, I mean, it's 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 up for grabs. Boston's really good, but Boston's by no means really good. they are they are really good, but I don't think they're unbeatable. No, I think they they can be beat in the right set in the right set of circumstances in the right matchup uh, could get posed uh, to get thrown at them. So. It's just, and even the West, too. I mean, we see what the Kings done early this morning. They made a big trade. The Oilers get in their name involved. A lot of teams get in their hat in the ring. It's just such a wide open race this year, and it's anyone's to grab. It's just a matter if you can make the right moves, bolster up at the deadline, uh, and get those right sort of pieces to, to mesh and fit and get the chemistry uh, you know, down the stretch of the regular season and into playoff time. So all that will be determined. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, further getting into NHL talk. A lot of trades to break down. Uh, and full reactions from us here on Heavy Hitters. Radio voice of Kutztown University, K or Kutztown. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Heavy Hitters. <laughs> Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim, making our way through our NHL discussion, National Hockey League. Yes, sir. Um, how did that uh, N- uh, NHL on NBC used to go? What, the theme song? That's just how you do it. That's just how you know it's playoff time. I love that song. And then you just hear Doc Emery come over. Yes, sir, we find ourselves tonight in the city of brotherly love, where the Battle of Pennsylvania makes its fi- its next, uh, its next. what do you call that, chapter to be written. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. Sashayed on by Giroux. Shot scar! All right. Well, after that. I love Doc Emmerich. Doc Emmerich. Do you not? Oh, no, he's a legend, but... Oh, I missed that stadium series game. I know, uh, you loved Flyers talking Penguins. about that. I, it was just, dude, that season was so awful, right? And it was just this miraculous thing at, at, on a nationally televised game. Like, we were down 3-1 to one to the Penguins with three minutes to go. So. And then, <laughs> okay, one of my favorite sports calls ever, and then I'll digress, is uh, it's 3-2 to two with 16 seconds to go. And there's an offensive zone faceoff for the Flyers. And I believe it was uh, Voracek. Well, I know it was Voracek. Because the call by Emmerich, because Voracek just like did what you just said with, uh, what was the 
guy the lightning got his name uh Jano. Jano. He did what Jano did. He just put it toward the net, right? And the call from Emmerich off the faceoff. Where to go, score? <laughs> it's Varachik and it's tied. It just the where to go score. It's oh one of my, my favorites. I gotta find it and play it. One of my favorite talking ever calls. What a save! It's a goal. <laughs> Wait, what was that? Oh, what game was it? Oh my goodness. Oh, was it? It might have been a playoff game. I don't what know a sure save! Enough. It's a goal. Yeah, the shot was on. It goes. What a save! It's a goal. Oh, very funny, very funny. But we do have a lot of trades to talk about, so we're going to get right yeah, back into it. Going. Mentioned the Leafs right before the break. They got heavily involved over the last couple days. They started the the fireworks, if you will, off by making a trade with the Chicago Blackhawks. We'll talk about them a little bit more than the New York Rangers. Uh, but they acquired defenseman Jake McCabe and forwards, forward Sam Lafferty, conditional fifth-round pick in the 2024 NHL draft and a conditional fifth-round pick in the 2025 NHL draft from the Blackhawks in exchange for forward Joey Anderson, forward Pavel Gogolev, a conditional first-round pick in the 2025 NHL draft, and a second-rounder in the 2026 NHL draft. So McCabe <laughs> slotting into the top four of the least defensive core. You have Sam Lafferty, uh, a defenseman. Uh, not Sam Lafferty. Forward. Depth forward, I meant to say. I don't know why I said defenseman, but he's he's a depth forward. Uh, could slot in really mostly in the fourth line, maybe third line if you're in a pinch, but that's kind of things are not going great. Uh, but Lafferty, just kind of a good two-way depth forward to have uh, for Toronto. Gives them uh, an extra option. Uh, for the Blackhawks, not really a, I'd say not really a great haul going back. I mean, they got some decent picks. I mean, that conditional first can be can be decent for them. Uh, you got Joey Anderson. Again, just a couple of decent projected forwards. I mean, I'm not not saying these guys are going to become stars by any means, uh, but an okay package uh, going back to Chicago in that one. Going out to Carolina, Mitch, I know a team that you're supportive. The Hurricanes. Uh, they got forward Jesse Pugliarvi, who has been rumored for weeks to get traded from Edmonton as the organization kind of just didn't didn't really like what they were seeing from him and wanted to move on. He's got the scoring capability. He was a first-round pick, high pick in the draft uh, several years back. Uh, but, you know, if there's an organization that can get a, get a guy to get back on track, it's definitely Carolina. They they did it with just Barry Kokaniemi after the Canadians traded him there. Oh, no. No, he didn't trade him there. He signed him away uh, as a... RFA rights and they just didn't match the deal. Yeah, I like so, Kakaniemi. Yeah, Kakaniemi uh, for Carolina. Pulyarvi going back down fun. there in exchange for the unsigned draft choice forward for Patrick Pistola. Patrick Pistola. So Edmonton's got to take on the rights to sign him. Uh, but that is the return for the Oilers in that trade. Uh, minor trade. Uh, the Sharks and Ducks, two bottom feeders in the West. Uh, unsigned draft choice defenseman Henry Thrun to Anaheim in exchange for third round pick of the 24 NHL draft. Uh, another one, last thing, these are all kind of yesterday. Uh, a lot of trades happened yesterday. Marcus Johansson, back to Minnesota from Washington. Third round pick in 2024 will go to the Caps. Uh, and sticking with Washington, they keep getting involved. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more in depth of these major ones. Those are kind of, you know, trades that happen, but not really, you know, moving the needle ones. I mean, Johansson's a decent forward. Uh, does a little, does a little bit of everything, I would say, but not really a great, great guy. Uh, in terms of like needing to get breaking down, or broken down, I should say. Wow, grammar not on point today. Anyway, Caps uh, acquired defenseman Razza Sandin from the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for defenseman Eric Gustafson and a first round pick in the 2023 draft. Uh, so, Former flyer Eric Gustafson. Yeah, right. uh, was with the Islanders camp for a little bit too until we let him go. Uh, Gustafson's also with Chicago, so he's made his way around a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, Leafs get a first round pick for a team that could miss the playoffs. So the Leafs gearing up and. And 
they also get a first-round draft choice. That's kind of crazy. Nice. So you never know what could happen with the lottery. Uh, I think the Leafs, both sides, I think, make out well. I like Sandine. He's flourished in third-pair minutes, but I think the Cavs are going to give him a little bit more enhanced role, getting him in that top four uh, and seeing what he can do. I like that trade for both sides, but I think the Leafs do come away uh, as the winners of that one uh, as of right now. Islanders, my team get involved. Pierre Angval from the aforementioned Maple Leafs. Third-round pick going to Toronto in the 2024 draft. Maple Leaf fans didn't really like that move uh, because, you know, they liked Angval. He was a pretty good forward for them, could play in the bottom six. He was versatile. He's, he's a big guy. Uh, he's got some decent speed. He's a good special team guy. I think, I believe, a decent penalty killer, uh, if I'm not wrong. And then, you know, he's just he's a good, skilled forward. He does a lot of things well. Uh, so I think it's a good move for the Islanders. Big guy. Uh, can get in on the forecheck. A lot, of, a lot of the dirty area stuff, and he didn't really cost the price that a guy like Janot would. So I think it's a good move by Lou Lamarillo and the New York Islanders. Uh, can really bolster this top six, considering how injured the Islanders are right now. Uh, hopefully not have to see Ross Johnston in the lineup anymore. Please, for the love of God, I do not want to see Ross Johnston playing anymore. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm so sick and tired of it. Like, my gracious. Last night's fourth line, Bailey, Johnston, and... Uh, oh, my goodness. Why, why am I blanking? Uh, I, my brain's just not working. Should have been Arnaud Durando in there, but it wasn't. So, uh, I digress. Gonna not going to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, but I just fell in the shootout last night. 2-1 to the Wild. Not not a good one. Not not a good one at all. Uh, definitely could have won that game. Played like the better team. But here's what it is. Leafs continue to stay hot on the market. They get Luke Shen from the Canucks in exchange hey. for a third-round pick in the 2023 draft. Uh, Otto Koivula, that's it. Thank you to my cousin Tyler for uh, giving me that give me that pointer. I cannot think of it. Koivula, also another scrub. Uh, don't want to get into that, that, that discussion either. I mean, he's been better than we've seen him before. Uh, but again, not the guy, not a guy you want to be consistently seeing minutes uh, on the ice. So, yep. as it is, moving on, uh, again, mentioned Luke Shen, good depth defenseman for, for Toronto. They're really bolstering up. It, they're saying it's this year or no year. Uh, Kyle Dubas, hot on the market, getting phone calls left and right. We're going north of the border still, uh, sticking there, except going out to the western part of Canada with Edmonton. Uh, they acquired defenseman T.S. Ekholm from the Preds, along with a six round draft pick in the 2024 draft class. Uh, but the Preds get back forward, or not forward, they do get back forward, Reed Schaefer, but headlined by defenseman Tyson Barry, a first-round pick in the 2023 NHL draft class, and a fourth-rounder in the 24 draft. Uh, so a lot going both ways. Ekholm, a good two-way defenseman, probably be a second-pair guy for the Oilers, but I think this shows that the that the Oilers ain't done yet. I don't know what else they're going to do, uh, but giving up Barry and giving up his decent-sized contract shows that, you know, the, the Oilers could be in store for more. They're trying to make room. They're trying to make room for something. Maybe big, maybe not. But uh, I think they're going to you know, try to strike another deal or two, uh, depending on how the market shakes out. Wild, getting their name involved again. Gustav Nyquist, uh, the veteran forward going from Columbus to Minnesota in exchange for a fifth-round pick in this upcoming draft, the 2023 draft. Uh, just a minor trade there. Bolster up the depth for Minnesota. I mentioned the Rangers. They finally struck that blockbuster. It was rumored for days that it was going to happen. Uh, but Showtime, Patrick Kane going from Chi-Town, Chicago, to MSG, uh, New York City, going to the Rangers, along with defenseman Cooper Zetch. Uh, and a three-team trade that also included the Arizona Coyotes. The Blackhawks received defenseman Andy Walensky, a conditional second-round pick in the 2023 draft, and a fourth-round pick in the 2025 draft from the Rangers, along with defenseman Vili. Oh, goodness gracious. Sarjarvi, I believe, 
Sarah Jarvi from the Coyotes. Arizona acquired a third-round pick uh, in the 2025 draft was their lone piece they got back in this three-team trade. Look, Rangers are saying, we got to the conference finals last year, fell short to Tampa. Uh, we want it all. Uh, they got Tarasenko. They got Kane. I mean, their top six is absolutely loaded when fully healthy. Uh, it's going to be pff, any combination of Panarin, Kreider, Zabinijad, Tarasenko, Kane, and Trocek. Yep. I mean, that's just nasty. Whew, a lot of skill there. A lot of skill there, man. Uh, God, I really don't want to see the Trocek's Rangers win. Trocek's a very good player. I don't want to see the Rangers win, man. I don't. Nah, that would be gross. It would be. But I don't think they will. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I had to give it. I couldn't even predict the winner right now. I yeah. really don't think I could. I was going to ask you like you did for March Madness yesterday or yester show. Yester um, show. Could you uh, list the teams you think have a shot at the cup this year? Jeff? Shot at the cup. Yeah. Colorado, again, Baston. I don't think he can. I don't think he can take him out of the race until someone proves they could beat him. No, I agree. And with how wide open the West is, they're plenty capable of running it back to get to the cup final. Yeah. Now whether winning it's a different story, but I think they have a. Are running them to get back there for sure. I mean, I'm not convinced that Dallas and Minnesota and the Central are going to be the teams to get out of the West. Yeah. I mean, Vegas has got to be in there from the West as well. I'm not sold fully on LA and, and Seattle. Yeah. Uh, but the, the Kings also did strike a deal. They they got uh, Jonas Corpusalo and Vladislav Gavrikov from the Blue Jackets. <laughs> Jonathan Quick, a conditional first round pick and a third round pick in this year's draft will be going back to Columbus. The condition is that if the Kings make the playoffs, they uh, miss the playoffs, excuse me, uh, which is a pretty unlikely scenario, they will end up keeping that first round draft choice. Uh, rumors have it that the Blue Jackets are looking to flip quick uh, to a playoff contender. Uh, so good job by Columbus, you know, doing the veteran goaltender right. Did so much for the Kings, including winning them a pair of Stanley Cups mm-hmm. as their starting goaltender. Uh, reports were the Kings locker room is a little bit uh, shaken up by that trade. I mean, Kings, uh, uh, Quick's been with the Kings organization for so long. He's done so much for them. And then all of a sudden, right after a win, you flip him to the bottom feeder in the league in Columbus. I mean, it's I get it's a business, and you got to do what you got to do. And Corpus Allen makes their goaltending room a little bit better, considering Quick was not having a great season by any stretch of the imagination. But still, I mean, he's a, he's a locker room leader there. I mean, it's a guy that a lot of people look at and look up to and say, yeah, this is the embodiment of what I want to be, a guy who's accomplished so much, and not just in terms of winning, but sticking with one organization for so long. Uh, and now, now that has been taken away from him, and I really hope that Quick will get another opportunity to go to a winning team. And it's a good job by Columbus doing him right, because Quick has earned that chance uh, to go play for a playoff-caliber team uh, down the stretch of the season with how much he's accomplished yep. in his illustrious NHL career. So I hope he is able to get flipped uh, before Friday's impending deadline. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if it's Friday or Monday. I think it might be Monday, actually. So, could be Friday, could be Monday. I am blanking right now. But it is very soon, uh, which is why we're seeing a lot of these trades happen. So, yeah. Anything yeah. else you want to add, Mr. Smith? No, he definitely uh, deserves the uh, the benefit. Not not the benefit of that. What's that called? The uh, respect yes. of going to a, a contender, you know, one final time or whatever it may be. Uh, you know, Columbus... Is no one's preferred final destination. No, so. no, it's not. At least not this season. In hockey or real life. So, yeah, who wants to go to Ohio? So, no, no not disrespect me. to Ohio. It's just a disrespect to Ohio. Wonky state. I don't want to go there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess I don't know. Not even sure it's real. <laughs> okay, Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wyoming is a myth. It is Friday, like I thought. My my initial gut reaction was right. Friday, three p.m. deadline. Nice. So. Good job. It's soon. Very, very soon. But, man, the Rangers, 
their, their forward group looks pretty scary. I mean, Kane's not having the best season, but he is uber talented, and I'm sure they're going to pair him up with Panarin again because they played together in Chicago, and they were tearing it up. So, my gracious, that first line, oh, my oof. Very good squad. Could be Zibanejad, Kane, and Panarin when healthy. Look out. And then a second line of... Trocek, Tarasenko, yeah. and Kreider. Yeah. That's a very good second line. Yes, it I is. I really like Trocek. Yeah. Former really Kane. Like yeah. Oh, dude. Former Kane, former Panther. He was... He's... I just... I see a lot. He's a good two-way guy. In Trocek, yeah. Anyways, so... so. I don't know, man. Who favorite else, trade. Who else do you think in the... Uh, well, keep running through. Who do you think is a contender in the East? You got, uh, Boston, 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 obviously. New York. Uh, Toronto with how many trades they've made. Yeah. Got to be in there. Carolina. Rangers. Ah. I would love to say Carolina, but they always find a way to choke it every year. <laughs> I'm aware. So, I'm very, dude. No. I, I called it. I, I can't the, say Carolina. I just can't in good faith. I called them the Sixers of the NHL. They never win. They no. never win, and they're in it every year. I know. Every They always year. find a way to fall short. Yeah. Just never happens. It's really remarkable. Really remarkable. I think the Devils and, and, and the Rangers are both capable of beating the Canes. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. I would agree. So they're a contender, yes, considering the record and how good they've been, but yeah. I just don't think they got what it takes to get it done. I might find myself agreeing with you, yeah. If you had to pick out of uh those other four then, Rangers, Boston, Devils, uh Toronto. It's hard to pick against Boston right now. I know. They're so I gotta good. go Boston. You can't they're go so any other good. way. I mean the Leafs are sick, but they they haven't won a playoff series in ages. I can't stand Dan Boston, though. Yeah, I don't like him either. But again, I'm not. Again, Tampa's been scuffling lately. Yep. I'm not convinced by them, even though they've been the dominant power in the East for years. But I think they lost a little bit of their touch. So for me, it's got to be it's got to be Boston. Yep. If I had to pick a, co- a cup final matchup, it'd be Colorado Boston. I know that's kind of bland. It's really boring. I know it's kind of boring and lame. But even though it's what I just picked with one of uh, one or of my Vegas in class yesterday, either Vegas Boston or Avalanche Boston. If I had to give it right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. it's a good pick. So. Yeah. Any other any And the least you have to get through the Bruins to win if the Bruins don't lose to the eight seed. So. Yeah. And you asked me my favorite trade. I think it's going to be the one, the uh, like the second one you read. All those names. I just liked hearing you read all that. Oh, Timo Meyer? Straight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I liked hearing I think it's going to work out, especially if he signs a long-term deal. I think Meyer's going to be great for New Jersey. Yeah. So. And they didn't give, and New Jersey still has two incredible defensive prospects coming up to their system. So they give up all that and still have decent people on the way. I also like seeing uh, more than decent. I also like good. seeing Tampa give up a bunch of draft picks. That I'm tired fun. of Tampa, man. Yeah, I'm so bored of Tampa. You're telling me they beat the Islanders twice in the conference finals? I know, I know. Know that for one of those, I was, uh, you know, twenty percent rooting for you because Tampa had won it the year before. Pain and suffering. <laughs> all right, we're gonna go to our final break of today's show. When we come back, wrap up NHL talk. Uh, and then go into, of course, our college basketball discussion. As always, a lot to talk about. Mid-major conference tournaments rolling on uh, starting on Monday. They are continuing on through today and the days upcoming. Uh, and then we'll talk about uh, how things could be looking going into next week when we come back for the Monday show. So plenty more coming right next here on the flip side of this break. Final one of today, Heavy Hitters Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. And welcome back into Heavy Hitters, everybody, here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley here. Wrapping it up here on this Wednesday morning, final about 20-ish or so minutes of the show. And, of course, as always, we're talking about college hoops, March Madness, Selection Sunday, I should say, being 11 days away. Well, it would be 12 if you count today, but uh, since it already is the middle of today, I'm not counting it because it would be 11, 11 full days and uh, about 
and selection shows at around six. About math, it's still twelve full days, buddy. Is it? Yeah. You're gonna say that? What? It's the, It's on the what day? Of the Sunday. Week? Yeah, March. Sunday. March what? Twelfth. Oh, it's wait. Sunday, March twelfth. Yeah. Today's Wednesday, though. You got to go thir- to Thursday, to Friday, to Saturday. Oh wait, there's only seven days in a week. <laughs> and you were lecturing me a couple weeks ago about not knowing I'm weeks. Thinking there's eight. I didn't even know there's seven days in a week. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes I forget. I'm doing my best, you know, doing my best. Come on, we're an hour and forty five into this. My, uh, you know, my mental fatigue is starting. <laughs> my mental fatigue is starting. That should have gotten. St- that should have been done with an hour through the show because you're a little bit more awake. No, 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 no. Be, like, so forty minutes through an hour and twenty. Is like my prime, right? That's my prime. Yeah. And then that last segment, right? It starts to decline. And then by this segment, I am like, ooh, feeling it, feeling it, feeling it. Yeah, that's that's usually how I go. I'm on the back nine of my career right now. So, so you know, I'm winding down. I'm limiting my innings. I want to start here by talking about uh, school. Is a little bit personal connection to me. Uh, Colonial Conference tournament going to be starting later this week. I Hofstra? believe. Yes. Yeah. On Friday, the Hofstra University Pride. Ooh. They are the one seed going into the conference tournament. Shout out to my cousin Tyler. Goes to Hofstra. Uh, so he's certainly pulling for his school. I'll be same pulling Tyler for them, too. That, uh, the same Tyler that helped you with the pronunciation earlier? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, my boy. So, right. yeah, we talk a little. We talk a lot about hockey. You know, oh. both, hockey. both huge Islander fans. Oh, gross. Okay. Islander fans. He's a Yankee fan, though, for baseball. I was going to say, so. does he watch baseball? So. Yeah, he's a big Yankee fan. Not an NFL guy, though. Mm. So, okay. baseball. Uh, hockey's got to be hockey's number one for him for sure. It's no doubt, no doubt. And then baseball, good stuff, Tyler. So, good stuff, buddy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, but Hofstra will take on the winner of William and Mary, I believe, and Elon in the in the Colonial quarterfinals. Uh, if I had to predict, it'd probably they'd be meeting College of Charleston there. It would be the one versus two, uh, and then it'll shake out from there. I mean, they played each other once, I believe, in the regular season. Hofstra won eighty five, eighty one. That game was in Charleston, so. Would be fun to see those two teams meet again, and may the best team win. But I'd be pulling for Hofstra because that means that I, have I a, will too. That means I'd have a dog in the fight in the tournament because FSU is not even sniffing it. Nowhere close to making it. So <laughs> uh, at least yeah. Penn State still got a shot. Yeah, tell me about Villanova it. Villanova could too if they could win the Big East tournament, steal a bid. Steal a bid. Yeah. It's bit. It's bid stealing season. Who will steal a bid? Comparatively, Describe, what is bid? What is stealing a bid? A team that's not projected to win their conference tournament that goes on the run and you know snatches that automatic bid away. Oh, so you automatically So for example, get in. yeah, you automatically get in if you oh. win your conference tournament. So for example, last year, Delaware, who was I believe the 5 or 6 seed in the Colonial, went on to win the conference tournament and go to the go to March Madness. Hmm. Comparatively to the 1 seed who I believe was I believe Towson last year, if I'm remembering off the top of my dome correctly. Uh, I know Hofstra was the three, and then, oh, why am I blanking? I think Drexel might have been a two. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I, I Anyway, the one, all of those teams lost. Delaware, who was, like, stashed in the middle of the conference standings, went on the run, got into March Madness uh, by winning the conference tournament and the conference championship game. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of what a bit stealer is. Like, Villanova this year, for example, is going to be either, I think, fifth or sixth, probably sixth in the Big East. If they went on to go on a run and uh, and win the Big East tournament, they would get the automatic bid of the NCAA tournament and be stealing a bid from someone else because all the teams above them would still more than likely get in, being Marquette, Providence, Creighton, and UConn. 
uh, to get in the tournament. So it would be five Big East teams to get in, and that would bump somebody else out. Mm-hmm. So that's why conference tournaments are so huge. Gotcha. Because you never know. There's always a couple every year. Like last year, Richmond in the A-10. They were the, I think, four or five in the conference. Uh, they went on to win the A-10 tournament and go to the NCAA tournament, stealing a bit from other, not only other teams in their conference, uh, but taking an at-large and at large bit away from someone else. Gotcha. So. How many uh how many uh conference championship uh So there's 32 automatic bids. How many okay. Oh, 32 of them. Yep, 32 automatic bids and the other 34 get filled through at large bids. 36, 34 right? Plus... And there's 68 total. Oh yeah, duh, dumb. 36. Math, Jack. Okay. Come so on. the so there's 32. But technically it gets trimmed down to 64 because the first four. Yeah, the first four, yeah. So there's 32 Conferences? Yes. Wow. Yep. And each winner of each conference tournament gets an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. Wow. Are you kidding? Yep. 32 conferences. Can you name them all? Let's see. <laughs> no, you cannot. ASUN, A10, ACC, Big 10, Big 12. Big uh, CC. <laughs> no, it's not distracting. So I got A10, ASUN, ACC, Big 10, Big 12, Big West, Big East, Big South. Uh... <laughs> No, I'm not joking about any of these. Colonial, uh, the AAC, I forgot the American Athletic Conference. That's already 10. Uh, Let's keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. Oh, got the Summit League. Oral Roberts represents the double, the the two max, MAC, Mid-American Conference, MAAC, Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Uh, Let's let's roll on. Got the WCC, West Coast Conference, the WAC, Western Athletic Conference, I believe. Uh, I don't know if that abbreviation is right, but the WAC is a thing. Uh, already got 15 down. You got Sunbelt, SEC, SEC, Pac-12, um, at 18. Ooh, got the SOCON, the Southern Conference. Let's keep it going. Uh, got the Big Sky. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a thing. The Big Sky. Uh, Eastern Washington's the, the top dog in that conference. I want to win the Big State. Sky tournament. So I'm at 20. Oh, why the am I blanking on some of these? I uh, got the Northeast Conference, American East. That's 22. Ten more. Ten more. Come on, buddy. We've gotten so close. Southwestern Athletic Conference, the SWAC. <clears throat> Mid-Eastern American uh, Not Athletic to be confused Conference. with the WAC. Uh, MEAC, 24. Oh. Come on. We're closing the door here. Yeah, I can't think. Oh, my goodness. Why am I blanking on some of these? I got all the major ones. Yeah, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12. Yeah, I got all the Power Six ones. Oh, he's like this is where this is where I'm spotting eight here. away. Yeah, I'm 24 to 32. That's pretty good. All right, I, uh, I think that's pretty good. Dang it! I, I'm so mad at myself. I should know all these. Ah, uh, 24 is pretty good. I, that's Mountain way West more than 25. I oh, Mountain West 25. Yeah, how could I forget you that? You talked about that all. Yeah, season. one of the, one of the best mid major conferences. Who does Hawaii play in? Big West. Really? I uh, already got that one. Alaska. No Alaskan teams. Gross. Uh, snubbed. They're getting snubbed. Why can't I think of this? I don't know, man. Maybe try again after the Southland twenty six. There's a Southland conference. That were six away, inching the needle closer. This is making trying to think of geographical great radio. Trying to think of geographical <laughs> regions here. Ugh. The Tri-State. Oh, Patriot and Horizon League. There we go. Where's that one? Uh, Patriot League's kind of like Pennsylvania. Ah. Uh, you have uh, Colgate, I believe, from New York get thrown in there. Yeah, they are. Uh, 
Horizon League kind of in like in the in the central. Like you know, you got Youngstown State who's in Ohio. Uh, you have oh the Ohio Valley. Thank you. Boom, spark that one. So that's twenty nine. <sighs> yes, twenty nine. Need three more. Oh, now we're really getting close. So there's someone from all these awful conferences that's going to get in. Not all, yeah. Well, I mean, there's usually one good team out of like all these bad conferences that gets like. I mean, the 16 seeds pretty much have no chance to win a game. Who's the good team but, in the uh, in the Patriot? Colgate. Okay. Yeah, they've been the they've been the Patriot League power. I think they're going for their fourth straight NCAA bid. How about Ohio Valley? Ohio Valley, Moorhead State's won the past couple conference tournaments. Never there. even heard of that. Yeah. Um. Oh, come on! I need three more. Oh, why can't I think of these? It's like all these like little like tiny conferences that I just I ever but I've already got most of the Northeast. I'm trying to think of like down south now. Uh where's Liberty? Liberty's in the A Sun, Virginia. Okay. Yeah, it was like the first one you named. Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna give up. I'm yeah. gonna give up. We got some, That's pretty we got close. some stuff to talk about. That's pretty so. close. All right. Uh final message from the K or notebook that we're gonna read that real quick. Uh I did not expect you to go in and list them all. So, yeah, how about this? For today, for today, for everybody, uh, Attention K Community, Friends of Rachel's hosting the annual Kindness Carnival today, March 1st, Wednesday, from 12 to 4 p.m. in MSU Room 218. The theme this year is Be the Best Version of You. Kindness will be promoted not only to others, but to ourselves, and we hope you will join us to make Kutztown University a welcoming place for all. There will be a DIY vision board station a DIY vision board station, music, photo booth, snacks, and more. We are asking all members of the KU community to join in to have an afternoon of kindness to yourself and others and to take hold of your vision of a kinder, better version of you. You do not want to miss this special event. This message of community interest brought to you by Radio Voice of Kutztown University KU. Our wrap it up today's show, I went through naming pretty much every conference. I want to see the three I missed real quick before I... Uh, Got all those. Conference USA, that's one of them I missed. Uh, Ivy League with all the Ooh. smart schools. And then the Missouri Valley. Dang. Ooh. Dang it, I should have got those. You should have gotten two or three of them. I know. I Darn think, it. I think Ivy League and FAU and the, and the FAU and the CUSA, Missouri Valley. You got Drake, Bradley, uh, Belmont, Missouri, uh, Murray oh, State. Belmont. My so. brother did a year there. Yeah. Dang it. Oh, I'm so frustrated. Very I didn't get all of those. Hey, that's close, man. That's so. good. All right, we got some conference tournaments to talk about. A Sun tournament rolls on. We're going to start talking about that first. Uh, quarterfinals last night. Liberty shellacks Bellarmine 76 56. Interesting thing about the A Sun, not at a neutral site. Every game is at the higher seeds, uh, lower seeds, excuse me, home floor. Hmm. So Liberty hosted the quarterfinal game last night against Bellarmine. They win by 20. They're on to the semifinals. Darius McGee, the fifth year senior and one of the best three point shooters in the country, keeps his collegiate career alive with a phenomenal performance 29 points, 9 of 14 from downtown. He can make it rain. So and the underdog won by 20? No. No, they were the two seed. Oh, I thought you said they were they host on the lower seeds court. Well, technically, oh. Well, yeah, technically they are the low seed because number two compared to number eight would be higher. Am I getting that wrong? Um, Maybe. I, I don't know. It depends on how you interpret lower. I think of two as like a higher seed than eight. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a lower number. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, would make sense. So higher <laughs> seeds floor. Okay. You know what I meant. Whatever. I actually really didn't. So. <laughs> I was really. Yeah, I was sorry. like, oh, that's sweet. So Liberty give, the two seed. They give home field to the. Yeah, no, no. That's nice. No, they don't. <laughs> Liberty the two seed hosts in the eight seeded Bellarmine. I'll just say that for the for the rest of the. Yeah. But Liberty wins by 20, 29, 29 point performance from Darius McGee. Uh, keep it in with the ace sun, Eastern Kentucky, the three seed and playing the six seed in North Alabama, 73-48. The Colonials get the win. They're going on to the tournament semifinals. 
Uh, they will be taking on uh, Liberty, I believe, because the top four teams all moved on. So big win for EKU. They'll be taking on Liberty in the semifinals. Lipscomb uh, beat Stetson the four versus the five. The Bisons, 83-70. to 70. They win Duh, 20-point performances from Darren Boyd and Jacob Agnesevich. So those two guys carrying the Bisons on. They'll play the one seed, Kennesaw State, in the semifinals. And Kennesaw State had to hang on and survive. 67-66, a one-point win over Queens University. Uh, yeah, big win. Their first year in D1, Queens almost knocks off the one seed in the A-Sun. Heck of a performance. Heck of a game. Uh, but the Owls survive and keep their tournament chances alive and well. Shifting on, we're going to go to the Horizon League that started last night. I'm going to start off with Detroit Mercy versus Purdue-Fort Wayne. Uh, Detroit Mercy, home court advantage. I believe it was the 8 versus the 9, uh, if I'm correct. I believe it was uh, because the 6 played the 11, Robert Morris and IUPUI. Uh, but the reason I talk about this, Antoine Davis for Detroit Mercy, the Titans. He has a chance to tie and break Pete Maravich's all-time NCAA scoring record. He just needs 25 points to tie in his next game with 26 to beat it. Davis put up 38 Last night in 14 and 27 shooting, 6 of 13 from 3, and an 81-68 Titans win to send them on to the second round of the Horizon League tournament. Antoine Davis has also had 140-plus consecutive game stretch with double-digit point performances, so that is incredible. In and of itself, if you're not pulling for him to get that, you're not pulling for fun. So how about that? Take that. Wright State beats Green Bay, who's one of the worst teams in all college basketball. Sorry, Green Bay. It is just the truth. A 20-point win for Wright State, and that one, the reigning Horizon League champions from last year, uh, so they're the 17th this year, and they have a chance to keep themselves alive. Robert Morris had to, the Colonials again had to hang on against IUPUI Jaguars. A two a three pointer with two seconds left in the game gave Robert Morris the win. They'll move on to the second round. IUPUI season is over. At that, oh, uh, anything else uh, in the Horizon League wise? I don't believe so. Uh, yeah, no, not that I see. Patriot League last night. Uh, first round of that tournament, American beats Bucknell, 64-59. Tight one at that, but the Eagles of American hang on to win. They're going on to the second round, and I believe they will be playing Colgate in the quarterfinals, or second round. I believe it's the quarterfinals, though. Loyola, Maryland, hung on to beat uh, Holy Cross in a tight one, 73-69. They will be moving on to the next round of the Patriot League tournament as well. Uh, Sunbelt also got started last night with... Arkansas State beating the 12-seed Coastal Carolina, 86-69. The Red Wolves will move on to play the 5-seed Detroit Trojans in the Sunbelt Tournament in Texas State. Uh, got a 5-point win over Georgia State. They will be moving on to take on the 6-seeded Old Dominion uh, in the quarterfinals of the Sunbelt Tournament. Uh, we're going to move on to today, though, real quick. Final couple minutes of the show. Got to go a little fast before we get back on Monday morning. A lot more to talk about then. Uh, but the Big South Tournament will start tonight with the first round. Charleston Southern taking on High Point. Uh, Northeast tournament starting as well with LIU. Shout out to my other cousin Ryan, uh, LIU alum. Uh, they take on the one seed Merrimack. St. Francis Brooklyn will take on Fairleigh Dickinson, who's the projected odds on tournament favorite uh, because Merrimack's ineligible for the NCAA tournament due to them being in a transitional period coming into Division One. So they're eligible to play in the conference tournament, not in the NCAA tournament. So Fairleigh Dickinson, the odds on favorite to win the NEC. Uh, Ohio Valley tournament starting tonight as well. Lindenwood, another new D1 school uh, playing Southeast Missouri State. Uh, I believe Moorhead State is the odds on favorite to win the Ohio Valley Tournament as well. We'll see how that goes uh, as well. Any other tournaments tonight? No. Patriot League not playing tonight along with either the Sun Belt or uh, the A-Sun. So those schools are going to day off uh, before they start back, I believe, tomorrow night. 
Well, unfortunately, we do have to wrap it up a little bit. Uh, went a little bit longer than uh, I hoped on with naming those schools. But uh, we'll be back on Monday to talk about everything. Uh, Sunbelt Tournament starts tomorrow. MVC, uh, not Sunbelt, Sun, Sunbelt continues on tomorrow. Missouri Valley Conference Tournament will start on Thursday, being tomorrow. Uh, Patriot League Tournament will continue. A lot more of the mid-majors rolling on uh, for the rest of this week. Horizon League, ASUN, those will wrap up before the week's end. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. Got bopping and vibing at noon. Uh, along with Outstanding Originals tonight at night, so some other base student uh, programming for the rest of the day. Come out to the Connors Carnival today, event in MSU, I'll be room there. 218, as will I. Once again, like I say as always, thank you all for tuning in to today's show. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy some weekend. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy some sports on the weekend. We'll be back bright and early Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. here. Heavy hitters, radio voice of Coach 10 University, KUR. Have a good one.